The podcasting for your business series is about to begin. Woo! Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am so excited that you're here. So many great things that are coming up that I want to share with you. If this is your first time listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. This podcast is here for all of you savvy, savvy, and hungry businesswomen who want access to great information that can help grow your businesses, practical information that actually produces results for you. That's why this is here. The podcast is a part of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which is an entire community of women all over the world just like you who are in this game of entrepreneurship. If you want to connect with all of us, make sure you go join our private Facebook group. Go to bizwomenrock.com, go opt in, and you will receive a private invitation from me. If you are not a newbie and you are here consistently listening to all the information on this show, thank you. I'm giving you a giant virtual hug right now. I never take it for granted that you show up and listen. I am so excited that you're with me today because I'm doing something a little new. So if you've listened to the past couple of shows, you know what's about to come up. But if you have not listened, here's the news. I am launching an entire series of episodes called Podcasting for Your Business. And it's really because I have received so many questions from you about, you know, what this podcasting thing is all about, or if you currently have a podcast, how can you do it better? How can you make it work better for your business? The number one question is always, do you actually make money with a podcast? So I wanted to present an entire series for you, basically show after show after show that gives you a different angle and a different view into the world of podcasting and how it can be leveraged brilliantly for your business. Now, this is true whether you currently have a podcast and just want to learn about new ways to strategize and make your podcast work better for you. Or if you're someone who sort of is like, I know I want to do a podcast, I keep hearing about it, or I promised myself I would start one, and you want an intimate view on what's on the other side of you actually starting that podcast. So this series will answer all those questions for you. So let me start by giving you a glimpse into what is coming up. First and foremost, today the series is launching with one episode, and the very first episode that you can expect to hear on the other side of this introduction is The Power of Podcasting, and it's a story of biz women rock. There is a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you may or may not have known about that have happened over the past three years, and I want to give it to you both in story format so you can sort of see the progression of the story of biz women rock uh, as a case study, and from a strategic standpoint. So I'm going to share with you all the different things that I've tried, that I've done, the, the lessons I've learned, the things that have knocked me on my butt, so that you could see this beautiful case study of you know, what a podcast does and is and how it could really work for your business. Then next week, I am basically giving you everything else, okay? And here's everything else. I'm deliberately delivering it all at once so you can binge listen. <laughs> okay, so after today's series, next week, here are the shows that will be going live. The Age of the Influencer, an interview with Chris Kremitzos, 
how to monetize your podcast, and I have a lot of cool things coming up for that, change your industry with Liz Covart of Ben Franklin's World, engage your listeners with Glenn the Geek of the Horse Radio Network, a community of podcasting women with Jessica Kupferman and Elsie Escobar of She Podcasts, the power of the super niche with Denicia Hilton of Sisters of Flow, the impact of growing your know, like, and trust factor with Elizabeth Dialto of Untame the Wild Soul. On top of these specific interviews, there will also be a resource guide that is launched as well. And this is basically an audio directory of some of the coolest podcasting services that are out there, any products and services that are out there and available for you so that as you are getting into your podcast or if you are in your podcast and you need to outsource some stuff, I'm going to give you an audio directory of a couple of great resources that are out there. And weaved in throughout the entire series, you're going to hear from the fellow podcasters who are part of the Biz Women Rock community. I wanted to make sure to incorporate you, the women of Biz Women Rock who have awesome podcasts. So this entire series is set up, A, not only to educate you, but B, possibly to open your eyes to a few other cool podcasts out there that you might want to listen to. So I hope it brings you tons of value. And I hope that my annoying bird is not going to uh, ruffle your feathers, ha ha ha, (laughs) to listening to this podcast. There are days where I just cannot shut him up. I don't know. So anyway, thank you so much for uh, bearing with me through that. Hopefully he's kind of done with his rant for now. But that being said, the show must go on. Two more things I want to mention before we get into the show for today. Number one, PodFest. PodFest.us. This is PodFest Multimedia Expo 2017 that is coming up February 23rd through 25th. If you are a podcaster, if you are thinking about podcasting, you have to be there. It's just as simple as that. Go to PodFest.us. Go sign up. Go register for the three-day combo. It is a two-day conference, but there's an extra workshop day that happens on the Thursday before that has tons of great content. The entire thing is going to be amazing, not only for the high quality of education that you're going to receive, but for the glue that gets created there between this incredible community of podcasters. I got to tell you, the community is probably the biggest reason uh, that I still continue this podcast because it's such a great group of people. So I would love to see you there. We are definitely having a Biz Women Rock meetup. Use your code BWR, all lowercase, to get a great discount. And lastly, a little shout out to our sponsor, Emerald City Productions. If you want to get your podcast production out of your hands and into the hands of the experts who will do it for a great price and do it a heck of a lot better than you can, and it frees up your time to do what you really want to do in your business, go see Danny and his team at Emerald City Productions. Go to emeraldcitypro.com forward slash bizwomenrock. The power of podcasting. This is the story of Biz Women Rock. The idea for the Biz Women Rock podcast came to me on a cruise. I was sitting in the back room of our local company's annual cruise, and I was listening to Jenny Larson, now Jenny Hot, 
And Jenny is a blogger. She was one of the first female seven-figure bloggers out there. And even though it had nothing to do with podcasting, I heard her sort of grand thesis of being that you can use a medium to reach millions of people and really make a difference and let it impact your business in a really positive way. And I had heard about podcasting a few months prior. So all of a sudden in that moment, that idea coalesced into podcast plus massive reach and making an impact, I should do that. (laughs) Well, my husband must have had the exact same idea at the same time because after that talk, during one of our breaks, he and I came together and said, oh my God, we need to do a podcast. (laughs) And we were currently running Tampa Bay Business Owners, our local organization of entrepreneurs, and it was very, very full-time. It was easily probably a 70 to 80-hour work week, and we were busting our butt. We were working our butts off. We were just really into our business, and so we, about a couple days later, we sat down with our business coach, and Chris came to the table and said, I want to start a podcast. And I came to the table and I said, I want to start a podcast. And our business coach very wisely said, well, I would highly recommend, since you guys already have a business that takes up a lot of your time, that you really just choose one first and then start the other one later when you have kind of the manpower to do it. So because my idea was a little more focused, I just knew that I wanted to speak to businesswomen we kind of went forward with that. So kind of as a team, Chris and I both put our energies behind an idea that I then called business superwomen. Now, what I knew at that time was that I was super passionate about being an entrepreneur. At that point, I was about five years into the entrepreneurship game. I specifically started taking ownership of it as a woman and loved hearing stories of women's journeys in entrepreneurship. And I knew that I could interview people. I knew kind of the format of an interview would be really powerful. And I knew that because our local company had a once a month event where my husband interviewed an entrepreneur. So I sort of saw that format in the in-person form. And I was like, well, dude, that would be perfect for a podcast. I could totally do that. And so this idea called Business Superwomen started, and I started getting to work with my graphic designer to create sort of this, you know, caped woman that I envisioned in my head. While I took a bunch of time starting to schedule interviews and doing the research to see who I wanted to interview and getting all the behind scenes tech stuff going, I decided alongside my husband, who is really the, you know, sort of leader of my entire marketing team. Uh, to launch a Facebook page where I would just plaster that Business Superwoman logo and without a podcast behind it, just see if people resonated with a brand. So in December 2013, we launched the Facebook page. We did ads to the Facebook page. And within two weeks, we had like 2,000 likes. So um, I knew immediately that this was something that people resonated with. Just a few weeks later, it was recommended to me by uh, our good friend Joe, who really acted as a part of our marketing team, that perhaps I should shift this business superwoman title to something that was a little bit more action-oriented, like somebody could look at it and like they would want to take action on it. So I was like, dude, what about biz women rock? Because no one's going to look at biz women rock and be like, 
yeah, no, not really. Like everyone's going to look at it and be like, hell yes, we do. <laughs> so that's when that beautiful graphic shifted from business super women to biz women rock. So then I was in the throes of prepping for the launch. And the entire launch, from the moment we launched the page uh, in December of 2013 to February of 2014, I think was about six to eight weeks. And so I basically got everything together, um, invested in a course called Podcaster's Paradise to help me with the tutorials and kind of the how-to of how to set up you know, all the podcasting stuff. And then we launched, and I launched alongside this Facebook group that had already been building steam, and people were already getting to know and like what that brand was putting out there, and I was kind of sharing little behind the scenes of me, you know, doing my podcast and doing my interviews, and so when we launched, I definitely had this group, I don't even know how many it was at the time, I want to say it was it might have been up to about 8,000 people who now liked the page. And by the way, this was back in 2014 when Facebook pages were a heck of a lot more, you know, organically active than I think that they are now. Um, but we were continuing to do ads for the page. So that community was continuing to build. So I had this immediate group of people who were following the page who I had to launch to. And I'll go into a little bit of my launch strategy here as far as how I then kind of launched, quote unquote, successfully. I'm doing air quotes now. So yes, I had this group of people who were already knowing, liking, and trusting my brand. And now it was just a matter of saying, hey, here's the show. It's officially out. And simultaneously, this is the power of like grassroots community. We had at that time about 300 or so members who were part of the Tampa Bay Business Owners Plus sort of this, a couple other hundred of people who were not necessarily members, but just active coming to different events that we had or people that we had met throughout the years in the community. So we actively like hustled our butts on this grassroots campaign to literally send out like personal emails to people. At every single event that we were running for our local company, we would pass around, you know, a sheet of paper saying, hey, if you are interested in supporting the Biz Women Rock podcast, we will email you as soon as it goes live and let you know how you can support us. <laughs> and so we literally got hundreds of people to sign up for this. And so the moment the podcast went live, my husband and I both were sending out emails saying, great, the you know, it's officially launched. Here's how you can go review it. Here's how you can go rate it. Here's how you can listen and subscribe. Thank you so much for your support. Now, I have to say that the only reason that this grassroots campaign worked and worked very successfully is because we had spent years building up goodwill in the community. We had spent so much time just providing so much value for the local business community that, you know, people were really easily convinced and happy to support us. So that is one major reason why that campaign worked. But I have to tell you, and I have to give my husband a ton of credit, really the most amount of credit on this, because he's just a marketer, marketer's brain. He would be meeting with a lot of people one-on-one -on -one back in the days, and he literally, almost every single one-on-one -on -one person that he would meet with, he would tell them about my podcast and ask if they would, you know, subscribe and rate and review it. And if they didn't know how, he'd be like, great, give me your phone. Let me show you. <laughs> so 
I really just want to drive drive home the point that so much of the early success of Biz Women Rock was a really like boots on the ground, person to person, one person suggesting it to another person, and and us really capitalizing on the goodwill that we had built in the community. And and we were so grateful to everyone who, you know, supported us that way. Now. When I say success and the Biz Women Rock podcast launched to success, what that meant back in the days was that Biz Women Rock was featured on the, you know, top 10 of the new and noteworthy. And you may have heard about this um, this whole new and noteworthy thing within podcasting. And for quite some time and definitely back in 2014, that was the way that you were going to get noticed. Like if it's this top kind of real estate within the iTunes podcast page that's right there. And there's this great algorithm for how you get up there. So it's this combination of downloads, ratings and reviews, subscribers. And, you know, once you fit that equation, then you can be featured up there. So I spent a lot of time taking screenshots of look at Biz Women Rock and, you know, the top 10. And isn't that awesome? So I was so proud that for, you know, out of the eight weeks that you are eligible to be a new and noteworthy, I was up there, I mean, every single week, whether I was number one or wherever, that was great. Fast forward, by the way, what I've come to learn now, and this is just kind of a natural evolution of podcasting, but definitely something that's sort of business true is that uh, podcasts are really shared and uh, grown through word of mouth and through great content. I mean, there's a lot of other kind of more important ways to get known as a podcaster and to accrue an audience and attract an audience, if you will rather than new and noteworthy. But my understanding back then was that, yay, if I'm on new and noteworthy, like life is good and I'm done. Like drop the mic, we've succeeded. (laughs) So what I came to find out was that it is just a continual grind in a good way, a grind of just continuing to put out great content. So Biz Women Rock launched lots of marketing, lots of attention going into How am I getting more and more people to download? How am I getting more and more people to subscribe? How am I making sure that there are more and more people listening, getting value out of these interviews? And then my time was mostly spent coordinating the interviews and talking to all these amazing women and getting their stories and figuring out like how I wanted to place that story, right? And how I was going to share and all sorts of stuff. So truthfully, in that very first year of Biz Women Rock, it it was a total game of like marketing. And my husband was really the lead in that. I was sort of the doer. And by the way, as a side note, this was kind of how we worked in our local company at the time. I He was the kind of visionary and I was the doer. And so I was really good at getting stuff done. And right next to me, he was really kind of taking over the marketing and coming up with new marketing strategies. And how could we do this? And how could we do that? That was the first year that we had the Shark Tank promo, which was for a week during Shark Week in the summer, I featured women who had been on Shark Tank, and I created this whole campaign around it. His and my social media strategist at the time, it was their idea. I can't take any credit for it, but I was the one who ultimately implemented it. So I just want to give you this small case study as an example of how, in the beginning, I engaged my audience. So... 
during that week, I would feature all these women who had been on Shark Tank. I interviewed them about their stories. And the ramp up was that I would tell all of my, you know, community members about it. And I would ask them, hey, do you want to participate in the Shark Tank series? And here's what that means. Um, And so I physically mailed packages to them, giving them the instructions on how they would participate. And basically, it worked like this. Hey, during the week of, you know, the Shark Tank women being featured on the Biz Women Rock podcast, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take a selfie of yourself with this beautiful work of art that looks like, you know, the Biz Women Rock logo and sharks in it somewhere somehow. I had a local artist come up with a bunch of different types of those. You're going to take a selfie of you with this, and then you're going to go post it on social media. Here are the hashtags that I want you to use, and we're just going to have a big fun game. And it was amazing. I definitely noticed an immediate spike in my download numbers. So specifically for that week, I had tons of people listening. I had tons of people kind of, you know, getting their what organically became known as shark selfies, hashtag shark, shark selfies. And so people were just, you know, getting involved and loving the interviews and loving the game. And that was such a cool experiment on like how I can get people involved, how I could get my listeners involved outside of being listeners of the podcast, how I could allow them to participate in something that was like, you know, started because of the podcast. So that was a really cool experiment. And so that was a lot of fun. Simultaneously, I had started a Facebook group. And I had done this just about a month or two after the podcast had launched. And I started the Facebook group because I wanted to wrap my arms around my listeners. I wanted you to be able to interact with me and to be able to interact with the other people who were listening in a way that was really meaningful and purposeful. And truth be told, I did this because one thing I knew after five, six years of building and running and leading an in-person community was that I could create that type of feeling and that type of connectivity and that kind of value in an online space. I just needed a space to do it. So I started a Facebook group and immediately just started experimenting with how was I getting my listeners to join the group? How were I getting group members to interact with each other? How was I making sure that this group was a place that my listeners, my community members wanted to go? How was I making sure that this group could be uh, a platform for marketing for me, meaning not everyone in the group came through the podcast. Like some people had come into the group because at that point, as a side note, we were running ads to the group. So, hey, you know, come and join this community. So the group was building with people not only who listen to the podcast, but also with people who, you know, identified with the brand, wanted to join this community of women. And so me sharing about the podcast in there was a great way to kind of have a new new possible listeners, right? So all of those things started working together. Overall, really what I wanted to say was that (laughs) for the first year of the Biz Women Rock podcast, All I was doing was experimenting with marketing. All I was doing was experimenting with how I could grow my audience, how I could engage my community, how I could kind of practice with how to get people more engaged with the show, how to make sure people were sharing it, were liking it, how to make sure people were getting value out of, you know, the other content that was created from the show, meaning a lot of the conversations that were starting to happen within the group. 
So that first year was awesome, but it was a giant experiment. One thing I will tell you that happened right away, because I asked this of a few of the upcoming episode um, interviewees, was like, what was the immediate impact that your podcast had? So I can tell you for the Biz Women Rock podcast, the immediate impact that it had was that I was seen as an expert, which was very weird to me, by the way. I had just spent five years building a business with my husband as partners, and my role in that company was very much a behind-the-scenes person. It was it was not the person who stood out in front. It was the person who executed behind the scenes. So all of a sudden, I was seen as somebody who was an expert in this industry. I had people reaching out to me asking for business advice. I had people reaching out to me asking to feature their product or service. I had people reaching out to me to... Uh, to, you know, see if I could help mentor them in their business and what have you. So I sort of became someone known uh, as, you know, having education, like business education, which is really great, but I didn't understand what I could do with that at that time. So again, that first year was just a ton of experimenting, a ton of marketing, um, and a ton of like, how can I grow my audience? How can I engage them? Moving into year two... I then decided I need to start practicing with creating stuff for this community because I already knew and totally owned the concept of like build a community and then ask what they want and then go build it and give it to them. And that's how you can make money, right? And that's how you can provide value and get paid for providing that value. So year two just consisted a lot of practicing that. The very first thing that I launched was a 30-day biz challenge. And it was successful. I had a a handful of people invest in it. It was a low cost. I think it was about $197. It was obviously a 30-day program. And it was a very hands-on like, hey, here's what you have to do every single week. Here are the goals that you set, this one goal that you set for the month, and here's how it is. But it it was very hands-on. And at the end of it, I really, I didn't have a lot of people wanting to come back for it. It, like, I thought it was a great idea because it was something that I would want to (laughs) do. And this was number one lesson as far as creating offers was that it wasn't necessarily things, anything that my community necessarily wanted. So this was my first chance and my first uh, experiment of putting something out there and discovering that I needed to do a better job of really listening to what my community wanted. Now, it took me a while to actually let that lesson sink in because I had a lot of other attempts (laughs) to continue trying to make offers. One of those attempts was writing a book. And again, this was very self-driven. I wanted to write a book. I love writing. And I wanted to give a ton of value in a book. So I wrote a book, uh, a self-published book that's available on Amazon called How to Launch Your Brand Online. And it was basically like a total how-to, like step-by-step on how to uh, take an idea or the current business that you have and get it online in a meaningful way, grow your audience, um, you know, create products and services. And it was awesome. The challenge with it was that I had this massive vision at that point that, oh, I'm going to build out this entire like book library of all of this different education. But, you know, like a business is hard to run on a $3.99 book. (laughs) You need a lot of mass for that. And that's great. But I saw very clearly, again, that, yes, my community came out to support me as soon as the book launched. I had quite a few people download the book 
purchase the book, um, you know, give reviews, talk about it. But it wasn't anything that like continued. And so I saw immediately, I was like, oh, okay, marketing this book is a job in and of itself. And so if I'm going to do that, why don't I put that attention towards something that's a little bit more of a higher price point <laughs> and, you know, let the work pay off that way. Around this same time is when I brought on my first two sponsors. Now, in podcasting, sponsorship is all the rave. Like, most people think, how are you monetizing a podcast? Sponsorship is like the very first thing that comes to mind and where a lot of the focus goes. And I am not necessarily of the belief system that, that, <laughs> that that's the only way. I'm sort of a person who says, okay, what's your podcast and how is it impacting your business and how is it helping you drive revenue? And that's monetizing your podcast. So I just want to clearly state my opinion about that. But I had brought on these two sponsors, and one was a prior guest. Another was a local friend who just had a great product for my community members. And so um, they both came on, and they did it for three months. And after three months, neither of them renewed. And so I'm going to be really clear here about what happened. I was so ridiculously excited that I was finally monetizing my podcast in a major way. I think that what I charged at the time was about $500 per month for sponsorship. So yay, my podcast was making a thousand bucks a month. That was super cool. But what happened was that I was really ignorant in how I approached the sponsors. I basically set it up as an advertisement and your traditional advertisement is you know, I'm spending X amount of dollars and how many click-throughs am I getting? And am I getting paid more than that on the other side? And if so, yes, let's do it. So I sort of represented sponsorship that way. And unfortunately, I learned the lesson that that's not how sponsorship for podcasts actually work. Advertising on podcasts is more of a branding game. It's more about putting your brand in front of an engaged audience who is led by a particular influencer and will listen to what that influencer has to say and letting it be constantly repeated, letting it be constantly talked about. So it's not necessarily traditional advertising in the sense that people can definitely, you know, track, oh, Katie talked about this product and then the listener went and clicked here and that converted to X amount of dollars in that company's pockets. Again, as a branding play, so many people are listening on their smartphones. You are probably listening to this on your mobile device. And that's not always the best time to go and like actively do something or take action on something that I'm talking about. So it may be later on in the day or later on in the week or later on in the months that you're finally like, hey, you know, I need X. And I remember Katie talking about that. And now I can go find out about that. So you might actually be coming in through a back door. That's kind of the space of podcast advertising as a branding play. And so I didn't necessarily understand that at the time. So I had, you know, basically sold it wrong and didn't necessarily know what I was doing with the sponsorship. But nonetheless, what you need to know is that didn't sit well with me. And so after those two sponsors were done, I pretty much wrote off sponsorship for quite some time. Um, and just decided I'm going to stick with my own content. I'm just going to keep driving forward with it. Also at that time, what happened in year two is that I was starting to become a lot deeper ingrained with the podcasting community. 
And I cannot stress this enough. If you are a current podcaster or you are wanting to start a podcast, the number one thing I would say that is most important for you to do is to start integrating yourself into the podcasting community. A, because they're freaking awesome. I have been a member of a lot of different business communities, and podcasters are just this awesome, strange brew of people who really, really care about sharing their message with the world and really care about the listeners on the other end of their of their podcast and really care about their businesses and are really trying to do something purposeful in this world. As a whole, that is what I have found with every podcaster that I've encountered. And so they're just a bunch of cool people to be around. I started getting integrated into the podcasting scene. That second year, I spoke at two different podcasting conferences, at PodFest and at Podcast Movement. And it was just such a great feeling to know that I was giving something of value to my fellow podcasters. That was so cool. And as you can imagine, what I ended up speaking about was community that was able to be built from your listeners through a Facebook group. My Facebook group at that point in year two had become this amazing phenomenon where all of my listeners could gather and really get value out of each other as a community. So that's what I spoke a lot about. And two major things also happened in year two. I launched the Facebook Groups Rock course. This was sort of another iteration of how could I provide value and how could I make sure people understood, you know, how to leverage this really powerful thing called Facebook Groups. I was talking a lot about it. And after every talk that I would have, people would come up to me and say, great, where's your course on this? I need help with this. So I created Facebook Groups Rock, which was super cool and definitely started selling right away. The second major thing that happened in year two was that... I had a baby, which, truth be told, completely put the brakes on Biz Women Rock. Now, I was really lucky because in preparation for my little one, I had, you know, created a ton of interviews, had a bunch of shows in the can, pretty much had about three months worth of shows that could go on. So I would actually have to do the interviews during that time. And I could just focus on, you know, figuring out how to be a mom for the first time. Now, those shows got me into the beginning of year three for Biz Women Rock. And this was in early 2016. And everything changed. Here's what majorly changed. I got really bored of my show. And one of the reasons is because I had really been out of being ingrained in the show since I had kind of put it on automation in order to go on maternity leave. And so I wasn't like intricately connected with the guts of the show. And I got really used to not producing the show all the time. And truthfully, the format of the show, like your typical interview, it pretty much always sort of, even though they were individual conversations, and I didn't follow an exact questioning all the time, but the format of the show is the exact same every single time. And so I just showed up to the beginning of this third year of my podcast going, what am I doing with this? Is it actually making a difference? You know, are people really listening? Are they really caring about this? Are they really getting stuff out of this? And do I really love this? So I just kept putting content out there. Little by little, I would experiment with maybe doing some type of a series or doing a few more solo episodes or trying to kind of change up the format a little bit. But truthfully, I wasn't all in on the show anymore. I was 
putting it out there. I had heart behind it, but I just, it's because I didn't know where it sat in my business. And truthfully, I didn't really have a business behind it. This brings us to the moment when everything changed for Biz Women Rock. And that was in August of 2016 when I took myself away for a Katie retreat and had my little come to Jesus moment of, what in the world am I doing with this business? And what am I doing with this podcast? And where do I want to be in all of this? And I'll spare you the details on this because I have told this story on previous shows before. That time that I took, it was a total of two days of just working on myself, of getting incredibly clear about where my values were, what the podcast meant to me, what my business meant to me, what was it that I wanted to offer, how did I want to make this a real business, meaning I was actually having regular things that my community members could invest in and could help them and it could make an impact. So once I got really clear on that, that's when everything started to grow. All of a sudden, I had a coaching business and I had clients lined up looking to work with me on how they could grow their business. All of a sudden, I had tons of ideas for programs that I could offer that would be really valuable to my community of women. And they weren't just programs that I came up with in my head. They were programs that provided the information that my community members were looking for. And I knew this because I was listening to the responses I would get in email. I was listening to the posts that were happening in my group. All of a sudden, I came up with this idea of a retreat where the members of my community could actually physically meet up and go through a program to get their businesses ready for the next year. And all of a sudden, I understood finally how my podcast fit in all of it. And there's one major thing that I want to make sure to mention is that even during all of this, even during all of this clarity, there were many moments where I was just like, ah, this podcasting thing is kind of hard. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, it, like I'm keeping on doing it. And, at, you know, throughout most of this time, I had done all of my own production. And I'm like, gosh, this is so much time. It's so much energy. And I would seriously consider either just taking a break or maybe I should just shut it down for a little bit. And I swear, every single time I thought of that, another dozen or so women would comment on social media or shoot me emails just thanking me for a show that they had listened to and you know how it really changed them, how it really impacted them, and how great the information was. And it always, always invigorated me to just keep on going. And I should mention that these comments happened throughout all the years of Biz Women Rock, and it was constantly the juice that kept me going. So that leads us to the present moment, which is January of 2017, where I finally see and it has clicked how my podcast and my business both feed each other. Now, I'm a unique case that my podcast basically started my entire business, but that doesn't have to be your case. And as you will hear from many of the people that I have interviewed in this series, for them, it's, you know, it was a business and then they started the podcast that ended up feeding and supporting their business. So, but for Biz Women Rock, the podcast and the business and everything that exists there, the community, the membership, the coaching, the educational programs, the kind of glue of all these women together, all of those things support each other. So I want to conclude this story by sharing with you a couple of the key things that I have come to learn and love about podcasting for your business. 
Number one, it impacts how clients work with me and how students come into my programs because more than likely they have listened to the show, they've listened to many, many shows, and so they already come to the table to any interest that they might have in one-on-one coaching with me or uh, participating in any of my educational programs or becoming a part of the community. They already come to those spaces knowledgeable about who I am, what I represent, what I'm all about, what's important to me, what my values are, how I'm giving value to them. And so there's not a lot of quote unquote selling that I need to do. It's just a matter of making sure that I have I have resources that they need. That's pretty much it. The second thing is that I love featuring my members. And this is something that you're going to hear from a couple of the folks that I interview. But one of the fun things that I discovered when I was getting bored with the show and playing around with some of the formatting is that I loved featuring the members of Biz Women Rock. And I did that easily by setting up a Google Voice number that my members could call into and answer whatever question that I was asking of them. And so they could start to hear their voices on the podcast. They could start to hear the voices of their fellow members on the podcast and start to learn about each other. And it was such a powerful way to make the community real to all of the members, to allow them to hear one another and know that they're there are real people on the other end of these earbuds. <laughs> so that has been super cool. The other major lesson that I have learned is that it has allowed me to find my true voice. And it has allowed me a platform to grow into a very authentic leader, to grow into an entrepreneur who loves sharing lessons, to grow into somebody who is being able to provide value. And it's a giant experiment for me, by the way. (laughs) I never claim that I do this perfectly. As a matter of fact, I screw up a lot. But ultimately, the podcast has given me a space to practice how I can live my purpose in this world and to practice all the different methods that I'm here to do that, whether it's through telling you personal stories and knowing that there are a lot of people out there who can connect with that and learn from that and get power from that, or whether it's, you know, sharing a piece of education or connecting members within my community Whatever it is, like it is, it's allowing me a place to constantly grow and evolve and let you in on that journey so that you can benefit from that as well. So that you can be part of this giant vision I have of tons of really awesome business women just gathering around the world, holding each other's hands and being there for one another. Phew. And that pretty much brings things to a close. I had no idea I could talk so long about the journey of my business. But I wanted to make sure you had all of those insights so that if you got anything out of there, if it sparked an idea for you or gave you some sort of validation that you didn't have to have this whole thing figured out from the get-go, you could take from this and uh, go use this information for your own podcasting journey. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. And please stay tuned for every other interview, every other episode that is going to be coming out on Monday, January 23rd, all at once. So you can have every piece of information that you need to know about podcasting for your business. If this show was valuable to you, I would really appreciate you turning around and sharing it with one of your fellow businesswomen who could also get value from it. 
This is how podcasts grow, is that they are shared from person to person. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Thank you.